Chapter Eight: The Question of Influence. Who has told Sister White? Those who have disregarded the messages of warning have lost their bearings. Some, in their self-confidence, have dared to turn from that which they knew to be truth, with the words, "Who has told Sister White?" These words show the measure of their faith and confidence in the work that the Lord has given me to do. They have before them the result of the work that the Lord has laid upon me, and if this does not convince them, no arguments, no future revelations would affect them. The result will be that God will speak again in judgment, as He has spoken heretofore. Review and Herald, May 19, 1903, page 8. Did anyone tell her these things? Some are ready to inquire, who told Sister White these things? They have even put the question to me: Did anyone tell you these things? I could answer them: Yes, yes. The angel of God has spoken to me. But what they mean is: Have the brethren and sisters been exposing their faults? For the future, I shall not belittle the testimonies that God has given me to make explanations to try to satisfy such narrow minds, but shall treat all such questions as an insult to the Spirit of God. God has seen fit to thrust me into positions in which He has not placed any other one in our ranks. He has laid upon me burdens of reproof that He has not given to any other one. Testimonies, Volume Three, Pages Three Fourteen and Three Fifteen. Someone has told Sister White. Even now, unbelief is expressed by the words, "Who has written these things to Sister White?" But I know of no one who knows them as they are, and no one who could write that which he does not suppose has an existence. Someone has told me, he who does not falsify, misjudge, or exaggerate in any case. Special instruction relating to the Review and Herald Office and the work in Battle Creek, page sixteen. Untrustworthy if influenced. You think individuals have prejudiced my mind. If I am in this state, I am not fitted to be entrusted with the work of God. Letter sixteen, eighteen ninety-three. Mrs. White did not read certain letters or articles. You may blame me for not reading your package of writings. I did not read them. Neither did I read the letters that Doctor Kellogg sent. I had a message of stern rebuke for the publishing house, and I knew that if I read the communication sent to me. Later on, when the testimony came out, you and Dr. Kellogg would be tempted to say, "I gave her that inspiration." Letter three o one, nineteen o five. I have not been in the habit of reading any doctrinal articles in the paper, the Review and Herald, that my mind should not have any understanding of anyone's ideas and views, and that not a mold of any man's theories should have any connection with that which I write. Letter thirty-seven, eighteen eighty-seven. A question raised in early ministry: What if you had said ever so much? Would that affect the visions that God gives me? If so, then the visions are nothing. What you or anyone else has said is nothing at all. God has taken the matter in hand. What you have said, Sister D, influenced me not at all. My opinion has nothing to do with what God has shown me in vision. Letter six, eighteen fifty-one. Reproof not from hearsay. 
I received your letter and will endeavor to answer it. You say that you received the testimonies, but the portion in regard to deception you do not receive. Nevertheless, my brother, it is true, and hearsay has nothing to do with this case of reproof. Letter 28, 1888 An attempt to guide Mrs. White Brother E. suggests that it would please the people if I speak less about duty and more in regard to the love of Jesus. But I wish to speak as the Spirit of the Lord shall impress me. The Lord knows best what this people needs. I spoke in the forenoon, Sabbath, October 17, from Isaiah 58. I did not round the corners at all. Manuscript 26, 1885 Manipulated by One Mighty in Council there are those who say someone manipulates her writings. I acknowledge the charge. It is one who is mighty in counsel, one who presents before me the condition of things. Letter 52, 1906 Why inquiries were at times made. I am told by one who made a confession to me that doubts and unbelief had been cherished by them against the testimonies because of the words spoken to them by Sister F. One thing mentioned was that the testimonies to individuals had been told me by others, and I gave them purporting to be a message from God. Does my sister know that in this she is making me a hypocrite and a liar? One case was mentioned by Sister F, that she had told me all about the case of Brother G's family, and the next thing she heard, I was relating the very things that she had told me as what the Lord had shown me. Let me explain. I am often shown families and individuals, and when I have an opportunity with those who are acquainted with them, I make inquiry how that family is standing for the purpose of ascertaining if ministers or other people have any knowledge of the existing evils. This was the fact in the case concerning Brother G's family. I wished to see if the testimony was substantiated by facts. But that information given did not originate the testimony, although short-sighted, tempted souls may thus interpret it. Letter 17, 1887 Who told Paul and Sister White? When a testimony from the Lord is born to the erring, there is often a question asked, Who told Sister White? This must have been the case in the days of Paul, for someone must have had the interest of the church at heart to present before the apostle, God's appointed minister, the dangers of the members of the church which threatened its prosperity. There is a time to speak and a time to keep silence. Of course something must be done, and the Lord's appointed minister must not fail in his work to correct these evils. Now these evils were existing, and Paul had a work to do to counteract them. We know that Paul had presented before him the state of the churches. God has given him light and knowledge in regard to the order that should be maintained in the churches, the evils that would arise, and which would have to be corrected and firmly dealt with corresponding to their aggravated character. The Lord had revealed to Paul the purity, the devotion, and piety that should be maintained in the church, and things arising contrary to this he knew must be reproved according to the light given him of God. Why inquiries are made? 
When matters are brought before my mind in regard to a church, sometimes there flashes, as it were, a light from heaven revealing particulars that God has presented before me of that case. And when the burden is bearing upon my mind in reference to special churches, families, or individuals, I frequently inquire the condition of things in the church, and the matter is all written out before I come to that church. But I want facts to substantiate the testimonies, and I am burdened to know in what manner I should bring out the light God has given me. If the errors have been manifestly affecting the church, the examples of a character to mislead the church, weaken it in faith, and strengthen unbelief, then the work to be done must not be confined to families privately or to individuals alone, but must come before the whole church to stay the evil and flash light into the minds of those who have been deceived by deceptive works and misinterpretations. Again, when before the people, there flashes upon me light that God has given me in the past in reference to the faces which were before me, and I have been impelled by the Spirit of the Lord to speak. This is the way I have been used, viewing many cases, and before I bring these cases out, I wish to know whether the case is known by others, whether their influence is calculated to injure the church generally. Questions are sometimes asked, and sometimes it determines the manner of treating these cases, whether before many or few, or before the persons themselves. If the case is such that it can be dealt with privately and others need not know, I greatly desire to do all possible to correct and not give publicity to the matter. Letter 17, 1887 I stand alone, severely alone. I have a statement to make. When the Lord presents before me any matter and instruction, and I have a message to bear concerning the said matter, then I shall, to the best of my God-given ability, make known the matter, presenting the mind and will of God just as clearly as my human capabilities, guided and controlled by the Holy Spirit, shall bring all the matter before me to present to others. In regard to the serious matters given me, I have not given anyone, man or woman, any right to have the least control over my work the Lord has given me to do. Since twenty-one years ago, when I was deprived of my husband by death, I have not had the slightest idea of ever marrying again. Why? Not because God forbade it, no, but to stand alone was the best for me, that no one should suffer with me in carrying forward my work entrusted to me of God. And no one should have a right to influence me in any way in reference to my responsibility and my work in bearing my testimony of encouragement and reproof. My husband never stood in my way to do this, although I had help and encouragement from him, and oft his pity. His sympathy and prayers and tears I have missed so much, so very much. No one can understand this as myself. But my work has to be done. No human power should give the least supposition that I would be influenced in the work God has given me to do in bearing my testimony to those for whom he has given me reproof or encouragement. I have been alone in this matter, severely alone with all the difficulties and all the trials connected with the work. God alone could help me. The last work that is to be done by me in this world will soon be finished. I must express myself plainly 
in a manner, if possible, not to be misunderstood. I have not one person in the world who shall put any message in my mind or lay one duty upon me. I am now to say to you, Brother F., when the Lord gives me a burden for you or for anyone, you shall have it in the way and manner the Lord gives it to me. Manuscript 227, 1902